Thanks for tuning in to your day off podcast, hosted by your boys, Corey and Tony. I think by the end of today, I might have another best friend. They're committed to making you fall in love with the hair industry, one podcast at a time. Uh, you're going to grab a lot of information. Yeah, you're going to learn a lot. Presented by Hair Industry and powered by Schedulicity. Without further ado, should we do? Ladies and gentlemen, this is it. Your day off podcast will begin after a word from our sponsors. What if payment looked this good? And your tips looked even better. Better yet, what if you could do it all by phone? Norm, payment by text for small businesses. Barbers, stylists, massage therapists, facialists, you name it. Available now for everyone on Schedulicity. Norm, the modern way to pay. What's up, buddy? What's happening, brother? Man, we are live from uh, Barbican. If you hear the thumping and the, and the noise, that's where we are. Uh, Barbican, Austin. Yep. Want to give a big shout out to uh, Lee Resnick. Thank you so much for having us. Schedulicity for bringing us up. We really appreciate you guys, and uh, you guys are doing great things for the industry. Yeah, it's super dope that uh, that Schedulicity actually set us up inside of their uh, their booth. So uh, that's always fun and exciting. Yeah, you can feel the energy, you can feel the crowd, you can see everybody. It's uh, if, if you're not here, next, it's going to be in L.A., but you need, you guys need to be at Barbican because it's a dope event. It is a dope event. It's really cool uh, to see everyone back together again. Um, it's really dope to see uh, see the barbers loving and uh, all the barber love. Yeah, all the barber swag. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just uh, it's nice to be home. Just be back. It's nice, nice to be back, right? So, um... Our guest today is uh, is an old time friend. He just doesn't know it yet, um, but uh, we've kind of been sweating him a little bit for uh, a couple of years. Um, we've uh, uh, he he does a lot of uh, social media with uh, with with uh, with one of our friends and with a guy that we've already had on the podcast. And that's Mr. Philip Wolf. He's a good friend of ours. Uh, you know, his sister's uh, her her band's uh, is our theme music, and uh, we have great uh, respect and admiration for for the Wolf family and. Uh, and this guy doesn't know it yet, but yeah, we, uh, we get have respect. <laughs> yeah, there's no doubt. So, um, so today we have uh, on the podcast Taylor Cuts. If you don't follow him, I know you follow him because fucking everybody follows him. But um, um, he's on the podcast again. We've been trying to get at him for about two years. But what happens at these live events is you actually get to pick people up, uh, so you can chat them up uh, at these things. Yeah, we blocked him. In. We didn't give him any room to uh, leave, so we, we trapped him in here. <laughs> we kidnapped. We baited him with sushi. Yes, we did. We baited him with sushi. That's the topic right now. <laughs> That's the topic right now. But I'm. Sure that's going down later. Oh, so uh, let's just get in. So yeah. let's just get in. Mr. Taylor Cutts, welcome to your day off. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you guys for having me. Brother, uh, man, thank you so much. I appreciate y'all. Yeah, we, uh, we, we, we admire your work. We watch you. We uh, watch you create. We watch you work with Philip. And uh, you guys are, uh, are you, both uh, of just you're amazing what you did. Thank you. Thank you. It's been, it's been a long time coming for this. Yeah, no doubt. You yeah. don't even know it. I don't even know. You don't even know. It. We knew. We, we knew. knew. We just didn't know. Yeah, y'all baited me though. <laughs> yes, we did. We'll deliver after this. <laughs> Nothing like sushi. So tell me, where are you from? Originally, or where do I live? No, where are you from? Where did you grow up? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'm Nigerian and I'm French. So half my mom is Nigerian and my my father is French. So from France, uh -huh. and uh, I grew up in Africa since birth and then I lived in France from six to nine and I moved to the United States at the age of ten. So is Nigeria, is that a French-speaking country? Uh, no, no. Uh, they have different countries in Africa that speak and are colonized by the French. Right. Yeah, like the Benin, Ivory Coast, you know, Sierra Leone, all that. They, they speak French there. What, um, who's that, who's that uh, Nigerian fighter? Uh, Magano? Who are you talking about, UFC? Or oh, yeah. Yeah, Francis Nagano. Dude, that dude is sick. He's scary. Yeah. He's uh, a scary dude. What's his name? I can't even remember his Nagano. name. Nagano. Francis Nagano. Francis Nagano. No, I'm talking about the Nigerian, though. 
I thought he, no, is he Cameroon? Hey, no, he's no, a Nigerian UFC champion. Yeah, Francis Nagano. Is it the heavyweight? Yeah. No, I'm talking about like Usman or uh, it's, it's Usman. Yeah, yeah. Usman's Nigerian. Well, they're both that because they're talking about how the Nigerians uh, they're they're kind of beefing a little bit, like they're not seeing eye to eye and they're giving each other a hard time. But nobody's going to challenge Nagano because he's 260, 265 yeah, pounds and he's, a beast. He's a beast. He's a scary he's definitely dude. A beast. Yeah. So uh, yeah, he, he, and he's a young man and he's a he's a really Class act. He has a lot of character. I, I heard stories about you, though. I heard you've been knocking him out two pieces. Oh? No, 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 two no, no, pieces no, no, and a no, biscuit. No, no, no. no, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's. Yeah. <laughs> you got that to say. That was another dude. That was, another yeah, dude. That, that was a different Tony 30 years ago. Oh, okay. You know yeah. you know so, when did you move to the U.S.? Uh, the age of 10. 1999. Do you have a lot of memories of, uh, of living in France? Oh, yeah. I have my childhood friends. Um, we're not friends now because we grew apart, you know, right. but I do remember them like it was yesterday. And um, I have friends in uh, Africa and friends in, in France. And, you know, I, I grew up in California born. I mean, kind of. California raised? Yeah, raised, yes. So, you know, like, like most kids, when they, when they, when they move, it's a, uh, it could be a challenging event, right? So right. now you, gotta, you leave all your friends, everything you know, now you got to make new friends. Right. Was there a struggle there when you came to the U.S.? Absolutely. I didn't speak English very good at all. Like, I spoke fluent French with my family at home. My, all my family speak French. And English was kind of very difficult, especially like the, the American English. You know, I still got my little accent every now and then, but I was bullied in school for not speaking English. And English was one of the subjects that I really struggled on because we had to read paragraphs in school and they would, they would point fingers at you to read the next paragraph and it was very difficult for me because I had that French accent and I couldn't pronounce words very well. So it was a, a bullying type of uh, experience for me, you know, but. So when you were like, when you knew that you were coming up, did you start to sweat a little bit? Like I never you, sweat. You never sweat. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, the guys like the guys that would bully you, know, like bullies, always like they're insecure, right? So they gotta they gotta pick on somebody to make themselves feel good, right? And for some reason in the U.S., like all the women, they love a French accent. They love the French, you know, the French tongue, right? So when they were just maybe the guys were just a little jealous, a little envious because maybe you were getting a lot of attention from. from well, not so much in middle school, but in high school, in high school, it was a it was a problem. I didn't know French was like a aphrodisiac for these ladies, you know. So uh, to me, I kind of wanted to lose my accent and learn the American accent in English. So until I got to college or almost out of high school, and then people, girls, would come up to me like, "Oh, you speak French," and I'll try to tell them like I don't speak French, so that way nobody would ask me to speak French. And then uh, as soon as I started speaking French, and they started, oh my God! <laughs> and I'm like, whoa! That's all I gotta do is speak French for me to get your number. You know, it was easier from then. That's yeah. good. Did yeah. you play sports in high school? Absolutely. Uh, I never sweated though. You never sweat. No, no, no. You never see that video. It was easy. It was. I mean, I got. Hold on, hold on. If you didn't sweat, that means you were on the bench. Oh no, 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 no. Oh, don't put my name out there like that. <laughs> don't put my name out there. You gotta. Hey, you gotta go to Google and Google my name. Okay. I got. I got records. I got. I got trophies. I got plaques. I got. Everything, certificates, everything. I broke all kinds of records in high school, and I mean that. I'm not just saying that. You got to look it up. Where uh, would you play? Uh, I played football. Uh, I did one year of basketball, and I was trash. I was. Uh, I'm being honest. I was trash in basketball, but I played. I started. Why? I don't know. I was like a Patrick Beverly. I was all defense, no offense. You know. So uh, I was the only black dude in school in my school that I went to. So everybody was, they blamed the game on me if we won, they blamed the game on me if we lost. They always passed me the ball for some reason. You know, I was the fastest, I ran track, and uh, I did wrestling for all four years in high school. Ran track all four years, played football all four years. That's funny, because he said he was the only black dude. But in my school, I was the only white dude, and I made the team, but somehow I made the team, we were undefeated. But I was like number 11, number 12. I didn't start. <laughs> I got in when we had a big lead, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. 
That's crazy. Did you ever play soccer growing up in France? Yeah, I played not for a team, but mm -hmm. just on the streets. Just kicking it around. Just kicking the ball, playing with friends. You know, that was the thing for us back then. And that was the first, you know, agilities that we learned how to use use your feet, you know, and kick a goalpost, stuff like that, yeah. That's cool. So what was your love? Was that football? Track. Oh, track. Yeah, I'll smoke anybody. Call me out right now. What's up? Who wants some? Who wants some? I would not sweat. <laughs> I would not sweat. He's true, dude, because he just he just did this uh, nasty fade on this young kid, and everybody it's hot as balls out here. Everybody sweat except for him. He, he don't have sweat glands. Yeah, man, I don't know what it is. It's cool. It's control. It's cool. I mean, I need a fan right now. It's getting hot, but I'm not sweating. <laughs> Look around. You have lots of fans. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. You got me on that one. He's like, what? Who? So are you a uh, first-time, first-generation barber, or is it, does the hair gene run in your family? Absolutely not. It doesn't run in my family at all. Actually, my mama, she hated me cutting hair. She's Nigerian, and any Nigerian out there listening, being a barber is the worst job as a black man to be. Uh, in Africa, you know, so um, that was uh, I'm f definitely uh, first generation, and uh, I loved it, but I never thought it was going to be my profession. I was aiming towards, so this is my plan C, if you guys didn't know. My plan A was professional athlete. I hurt my, I injured myself, I tore my meniscus, and during a combine, and uh, I didn't go through with that. I, they put me on stretchers when I got surgery. I was on a on a cast from my hip all the way to my toe. So that ended my career, and I've never been the same with that leg. My second one, I graduated from uh, uh, college, university, with a theater degree. You know, so I was supposed to be an actor somehow. And I had the passion for it, but ever since I moved away from all my friends, it was very difficult for me to make new friends that we could, like, connect. You know, people are fake in LA, a lot of people are. Right. So, I mean, that's the TV land. And, you know, everybody wants their bow downs and, oh, what do you do for a living? Oh, I'm an actor, oh, I should bow down to you. Like, nah, you know, we in the same thing, let's let's connect, you know? But, um, and then being a barber, I've been cutting hair since I was 10 years old, yeah, so. I was gonna ask you, how, how did you get introduced to the industry then? Uh, it's, it's, it was just by fun and default. Um, I'm very, I'm, I, I, I I know how to cut hair just from watching other people cut hair. And I used to draw a lot as a kid. Since I used to get bullied in middle school, I would sit home and draw. I'd get a pen in the paper or a pencil in the paper and I'll just sketch out Pokemon cards, all this stuff. And then I was very light with my hands. And so I hated getting my hair cut. I hated getting my, I don't want, I don't want to let anybody touch my hair. So my mom would take me to a barbershop at the age of 10, 11, and would have me sit there. I was the kid that cried. Because now I understand why kids cry. They love their hair. They like the way the hair fit, but parents want to shave them bald. Or, we don't, I don't, I don't even want, if a kid cries, I know how that feels. So I'm telling them like, yo, I know he wants to be Jesus. He, look, <laughs> he looks up to Jesus, so let the man be who, he knows what he wants. So my mom never wants long hair with me. That's why you see me with long hair, you know? If not, I'll be having my hair cut all the time. But it's a, uh, it, it grew on me for me just to keep my hair. And uh, I, I was the guy that, you know, I was cry to get my hair cut uh, in the barbershop. And I told my mom never again without want to sit down and have somebody buzz cut my hair. And uh, I never looked the same with a haircut, you know? so. Um, I made a conscientious decision at the young age that I want my mom to buy me my own pair of clippers that I would cut my own hair, but instead I would cut everybody else's hair with that clipper. And like your only friends and stuff or like family as well? Friends, family. I had an older brother. Uh, I have a younger sister. My mom, she, she has the Amber Rose kind of ball cut, you know. And um, everybody, my dad, he's bald with a beard, you know. So I shave everybody and cut everybody else up. And just by watching other people, you just picked up the skill? Uh, my, my, my father, he's, his best friend owned a barbershop in San Jose, California. And, uh, I'm, you know, I'll go there after school. I used to be a big-time skater. I skated most of my life. So I had a crew of friends, like 12 of us, right. roaming the streets, just kick pushing. And uh, in San Jose, uh, it was 
at the mall, it's East Stritch Mall, and my dad, best friend, works there. He's the owner. So I'll go there and hang out. He'll buy us some food, candy, chips, whatever. I'll sweep up the floor. And after they close, after hours, my friends are like, they want a haircut, but they don't have no money. So I, I, I got a pair of clippers. Let me go ahead and bust. There was nothing like a fade. It was just all bust cut. I mean, I'm talking 24 years ago. You know, so I'll just buzz them up. Everybody looks the same, and they're happy with it, you know. So I was the only one who don't want my haircut. <laughs> don't touch my hair. We will fight. <laughs> Sweat when he does it. I'm not gonna sweat. They're not gonna sweat. Yeah. yeah. So, so, but you said you start start cutting at 10 years old. Yeah. And so, because you didn't want your hair cut, your mom bought you a set of clippers at 10 years old. 10 years old, I was making money. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. It'll be, it could be a bag of chips. It could be some candy. It's like commissary. Yeah. You want a haircut? <laughs> Give me this. Only have two dollars. That's good enough. good enough. I'm taking anything you got. I, yeah, it was a hustle for me. It wasn't even like a life. It became a lifestyle after I started seeing the impact in other people's life that I would, you know, do. You know, so and then that became something like, oh, whoa, I, this, this, this could be it. You know, so I loved it. Cause how old were you when you went to barber school? Uh, I was 14. I was 14 years old. I went there. It was in Stockton, California. And I lived all around California. I went to Stockton, California. It's called, uh, uh, what's the name of the school called? That was a long time ago. Uh, you were the young, youngest in I was the history, youngest. right? Yeah, I, I mean, I was the youngest in the whole school. It was OGs in there. And um, How'd they get you in at 14? It was a, it was a one time, once a week, every Wednesday at 5 or 6 o'clock for one hour. Yeah, it wasn't a regular school like right. a Paul Mitchell. It was a black-owned, you know, in the corner of uh, the house, and it was a school. You know, it was like I became a, a, what do you call it? Get back to me on that one. I All became, right, yeah, yeah. I was just pretty much working off of people who were licensed, you know? Like so, an apprentice. An apprentice. I was an apprentice. And so I, was, I could work at a shop, but under somebody who was licensed. So Got I was it. always in under somebody's belt. But those people who were licensed were learning off of me. Stop. Promise you. <laughs> they were learning off of me. So So they were sweating you. They were trying to sweat me. <laughs> <laughs> trying. <laughs> See that's like, it reminds me of like DC Connolly and Compton where, you know, he has uh, a bunch of young kids come to his shop to keep them off the street. Right. And uh, he tries to teach them a trade, too. And right. these are young kids. And it's Smart. like, pouring into young people like that is, I mean, it, it's so respectful, but it's amazing. So it, it's, even though they couldn't pour into you, you were pouring into them. Right. But, you know, giving you the opportunity to be there to, to, to try uh, something that, you know, you would eventually come to be a uh, pretty uh, big... Uh, piece of the barbering industry. I'm telling you, this is something that I never thought that I would do. Never thought that I would make it this big, this far. You know, I really do appreciate everybody that, you know, made me who I am because without my friends and family that I practiced on, this would have been like a lost cause. I'd probably be chasing something. I'd probably really be an actor, really. Like, right. I read scripts, I memorize my lines, and, you know, I could act, but I didn't feel that passionate for it because I've been at barbershops. I've been, you know, being an actor or being in a, in a, in a drama world, it's only in school. Outside of that, where everybody goes their separate ways. But in the barbershop, you were there all the time, 24-7, so... Even like here, you know, you see all these barbers connect. And it's just this uh, a fellowship that you right. don't see in, in a whole lot of places. Right. No, yeah, it's, it's different. So, so you're at 14. You're you're at this uh, school once a week. Yeah. And you're still not thinking this is something I'm going to do. No. And I'm you, not. But you're just going that. with the flow. I'm going with the flow because it was easy bread. I was making money. I've been making money at 10. You know, so I've always had money in my pocket. It's never a day where I ask my mom. Would you call her right now? Mom, is there any time I ever ask you for money? Oh, we're no. about to call her. Oh, yeah, we call her right now. <laughs> She'll answer the phone. <laughs> you got a FaceTime her. My mom, my best friend. So, yeah, we, we call each other. We laugh. We share good times. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good, man. So, she was not for you being a barber. No. At what point where she's like, I'm wrong? When I gave her $15,000 cash. 
<laughs> Did she ask for it Or you just gave it to her She asked me for money And then I said Well she asked me for like A couple thousand Not Maybe like three to five You know And right. I just gave her 15,000 I said mom Yeah you got this And she goes What Cried Started crying Like would you get this You're not selling drugs Mom I don't even do drugs Mom I don't smoke I don't drink Like I told you I don't do none of that You know And then she was like Oh you got this off From cutting hair Yes mom Honest living been doing this since I was 10. I've been trying to tell you, yeah. you know? And so she cried to me and told me, like, I knew you would make it. I knew it. You oh, know? she knew. <laughs> she was sweating. She was sweating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? So when did you actually find the barbershop? Like, you did that, and then you went to acting and stuff. Like, when did you, uh, when did you actually, like, when did you make the decision, like, this is me for moving forward? Well, you know, every barber starts off in a garage, and, um, I took mine, you know, like I said, I play sports, football, basketball, track, and, and wrestling. So I always have a bag of clippers uh, with me when I go to school. So I would always be in the uh, bathroom or the, the, the football locker room cutting hair. I cut the coaches, I cut the janitors, I cut the teachers, everybody that wants a haircut. $10 cuts real quick, boom, 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 knock you out. I'm the guy that don't even go to lunch. Cause my lunch, I'm spending making money. I'll make $30 or $40. You know, I do, Four cuts in less than an hour, you know. Oh. I'm making money. I'm, I'm stacking up, you know. So, um, ever since then, and everyone was like, "Yo, you should just be at a shop." And I'm like, "Well, the shop they charge you rent, and this is all profit for me." So I'm thinking like, "I want, I'm going to eat all this cake that I'm making," you know. So, I went to a shop, and uh, I went to several shops. And a lot of people didn't know me, and a lot of people knew me. So uh, it took me like four different shops for me to go to before people. Wanted to be like, okay, well, let me, uh, do you have a license? I'm like, no, I don't, but I'm in school. You know, right. I have an apprentice. I'm going to school for this. So some uh, barbershops turned me down. Some other ones that are opening, they're like, yo, we need you. Come in here. They tested me out with the older older uh, barbers in there. I, I was 15 at that time. Um, yeah, the shop was, uh, it was called uh, Royal Cuts on Scenic in Modesto, California. Yes, they gave me a shot. And then uh, I worked there for maybe like a year. And um, I had to leave because I played football. And my football practice was from 3 to 5. And the barbershop closed at 6. You know, and it takes me 20 minutes to go to the barbershop. Sure. I can only do one or two haircuts. So I wasn't able to pay rent and then keep something for myself every day. Besides the weekends. And the weekends, I have football games. And by the time I get back, I'm tired if the shop is closed. Sundays they don't open, Mondays they don't open. Right, right, right. So it was very difficult for me. So I had to move and get away from there, went somewhere else called Omega Hair Lounge on McHenry Boulevard in Modesto. And I worked there for maybe four years. And uh, it was tricky because when I first got there, the owner wanted me to compete with the OGs in there to see who does the best fade. And they had a, a, a UFC kind of belt, but for barbers. You know, I'm 15 years old. I'm taking away, I'm trying to take the flashlight, the, the, the light from this guy who's maybe like 50. <laughs> maybe 50, and he's been doing this for before I was born. And uh, yeah, so we got, the, we got the competition going, and then I won the championship belt, and he was very, very salty. So they were hyping me up. Oh, little Taylor, yeah, yeah, give me the belt. So he packed the stuff and left. No, he didn't. He did. His name is Frank. I'll call him out. <laughs> his oh, name is Frank. Frank. He, he's, the, he's the Michael Jordan of the barbershop because he cuts with his tongue out like... <laughs> every time. So it was beautiful. I mean, that made me know my worth, you know, just from that. I put it together. Yes. With skills that good at 15, he started on the basketball team because he cut the coach's hair. <laughs> My coach was bald. <laughs> Don't try to make me sweat. <laughs> he got a little nervous. <laughs> oh, yeah. So at 15, oh man, you're taking taking the belt from from the, from the OGs in a in a barbershop, dude. That's impressive. I mean, you almost say it's in your DNA because you don't hear no 15 year old with skills that good to really be full-time or, or, or be able to, you know, have its own chair in a barbershop. Right, right. It's unheard of. Right. And back in those days, I had nothing but a binder full of designs and pictures of cuts and, 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 and undercuts and 
just haircuts that I've done because I didn't have an iPhone. I didn't have. Right. I had a Nokia flip phone with no camera on there, you know. And and even if there was a camera, it was blurry. It wasn't like the megapixels that we have right now. So I wasn't blessed like that back in the day. Didn't have a YouTube. Didn't have anybody that I was looking up to like how it is now. You know, I tell these young folks, I'm like, man, I wish I was y'all because I could look up to me. You know what I'm saying? I didn't have that. I have old people in the shop all the time, and they cut with their hands shaking, and they got to stick their tongue out to balance themselves out. Frank. <laughs> Frank. <laughs> we made fun of him, but it was all love. But you, you know, you were doing like character, like character cuts, right? Like yes. You were like carving designs. Carving designs. Day. Snoop. Yeah, you know the Snoop Dogg. Like we was doing all these designs with like. Uh, uh, Spider-Man, uh, was doing Tom and Jerry, the Mickey Mouse. Back then it was trending. You know what I'm right. saying? Like, you do a part, like the Nas part, like everybody, oh, that looks nice. I look back in those pictures, I'm like, whoa, that's, that's not that nice. But back then it was. Right. You know, yeah. Well, I mean, look at the guy. I mean, now you can be with, like, what Rob's putting out there, right? Exactly. And Rob's like... Rob, yeah, he's a goat. He's definitely a goat. He gets down. Like, I give him all his power and all his props, all his flowers. Yeah, um, but you're talking about you're 15 years old doing this. Right. This is, this is what? 15 years ago. 17 years ago. Yeah. 18 years ago. You don't yeah. know how old you are, do you? I'm, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> you saw a little sweat there. Yeah. Wait, are you good? I was running the brow. I was running the brow. I was So what was mom saying this whole time? Was she like, oh, this is just a hobby? Or was she giving you shit? She was telling me to get a real job. Right. She's like, I need you to get a real job. This is before I give it a break. Right, right, you of know? course. She tells people, she tells her friends that I'm in L.A. being an actor. I have my degree in theater. Right. I have a I have a, a psychology degree and I have a theater degree, and I have my my license. Obviously, my barber license. And um, my mom would tell her friends like, "Oh yeah, yeah, I have my son in L.A. He's becoming a becoming a, a, a movie star." And I'm like, "Mom, why you lie? You embarrassed to me." That's what made me give it at fifteen thousand dollars. You know what I mean? Like, right. stop telling them I'm, I'm a barber. That's what I want. How did that, in the real though? Like, how'd that feel? Man, that's a question nobody's ever asked me because I didn't tell anybody that I gave my mom money, you know. But, but not even the money. I mean, because because there's a track there, right? right? So like, like for a long time, like her telling you to act, that, that had to hurt a little bit. Like, like no, mom, I'm my own person. Right, right. She, and I make you know, my own way. She always forced me to do things that doesn't even. I don't like blood. She wanted me to be a doctor. Mom, I'm never gonna be a doctor. If I see blood right now, I would faint. Like. <laughs> I cut hair and I don't make anybody bleed. You know, you're not gonna get no drop of blood or nothing. So I tell my mom, this is what I love to do. I'm passionate for it, you know, and it's easy money. I can put my own price. You know, as long as I know my worth, people are gonna pay it. You know, it's all about quality. I'm not worried about cutting the whole city. Nah, give me four or five people. I'm good, daily, you know, four or $500 a day, you know, per cut, I'm good. Right. And she didn't know I was charging this much. And she was like, what? You charging $400 a haircut? <laughs> she was like, what? She goes crazy. And I, you know, I sent her some money, and she believed it, you know? Right. So she never really cared. She doesn't have Instagram. She doesn't, she doesn't care about any of that stuff. She's real, real old-school Nigerian. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we've done 350 episodes of a podcast, and countless of parents... They, for some reason, we have this stigma in our industry that parents just didn't want their children to be hairdressers or barbers all the time. And it took them to be successful to say, hey, look, right. you know, right. look at me. You know what I mean? And for them to accept it, it's hard. Because you don't want to disappoint your parents. You, no. you know, and and when, when they do, hey, you know what? My son's an actor. You feel like you're disappointing. Right. And, and, you know what I mean? And then... But when you gave her to 15 and you see the expression and the change of her opinion, how did that, how did that feel? I felt relieved. Like, she, I'm finally accepted, you know? Like, she finally taking me as a son. Before I was, I was an embarrassment, you know? It's like, I felt like I was a drug addict. Right, right. You know, like I was strung out on meth or something because she's like, oh, no, that's not my son. But I'm like, yo, mom. I could change the world one haircut at a time. I can't change him in a big group, but 
trust me, if I keep doing this every day, people will know that this is a professional work that kids can look up to instead of just doctor, lawyer, football player, rapper, you know what I mean? Just the regular stuff that we all, yeah, we do need doctors, you know? <laughs> but leave those for people who don't know how to cut hair. <laughs> you, know, right. you know what I mean? But right. people who know how to cut hair have a different platform to give to, you know, to other kids, open open up doors and, hey, I want to be a professional barber. I've never heard a kid said that. Yeah. Never. Mm -hmm. So this is where I come in and, and, and give them my story and say, look, you could buy a house cutting hair. You could buy this car cutting hair. You could get endorsements cutting hair. You could be who you want to be cutting hair. You meet all celebrities all the time. I've cut numerous of celebrities, but I don't brag about that. You know what I mean? They now normally barbers get nervous to cut celebrities. Now I feel like celebrities get nervous to get cut by me. <laughs> I see them swaying. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I know you did. <laughs> I see them swaying. They're like, yo, I'm getting cut by Taylor Cuts. And I'm like, yeah, man, I've been doing this for so long that it's a, it's the more practice makes perfect. I read, a, I read an article about you and you were answering how to you, I mean, you're bringing, you're giving them their best look. You're, you're saying that you know, it's the experience. It's like you're you're making them look good. It's right. not just a haircut. No, explain, definitely explain not. Explain that philosophy. Okay, so tailor. Now we've all had a suit before. You go to a tailor. They tailor it up on you. Nobody else could wear your suit but you, right? A haircut with me is tailored for you. I could do the same fade for you. It won't look the same as I do the same fit because I will make it fit your shape, your head, the circumference of your head. Um, everybody has different frontals. You know, you got a little more of the oval, you got more of the round. The fade is going to look different from you and him. So that's what normally when people are like, oh, I just want to get a fade, they all look the same. You know, nah, I'm going I'm to tweak it a little bit. You know what I mean? I'm going to tweak it and make your face match your haircut. It fits you. Right. That's different. Mm. That's strong. That is strong, and and, and, and I know to look at it like that, that makes that haircut that much better instead of just like you know in and out, in and out, in and out. yeah, right. same technique. It's, boom, it, boom, boom. it's all about the details, you know. Details for everybody is different, you know. Right. The, your your beard is different from his beard, you know. Even if I do the same exact thing, your facials is not gonna match that kind of. If I give you a squared up. You know, you want more of like a round him. He wants more of the square, you know what I mean? Right. Just to fit his face, you know? So everybody has different shapes. And you got to, a, a real barber is going to know that and call that out and actually tweak it out a little bit. And that's a different of a $15 cut and a $300 cut. 100%. Mm. Never let him see you sweat. Never let him see you sweat. <laughs> hey, are you in a barbershop now? No, I am not. I don't think I'm ever going to go back to a barbershop. Let's, let, let, let's parse that out. Okay, well, during the pandemic, you know, I was working for uh, Elegant Studio, well, before the pandemic happened. So they shut it down, they sold it, the business. So I went home and the pandemic hit. So I didn't cut hair for about maybe three to five months, I would say. And then um, I just started saying, you know what? Ever since I've been with my clients, they know me already. Why not just work from home? It's easy, you know, take it back to old school, Right. you know, garage cuts. So I said, you know, I'm just going to open up a little small private studio for my well-known clients. My loyal clients have been rocking with me for years now. Right. You know, they got family. I know they're safe. They don't have COVID. You know, they all get checked up, you know. And uh, so they, they started coming to my house and, you know, the profit went sky high, you know, because I was paying $2,500 for rent every month. Right. for my booth I was renting, you know? So that all is just all profit to me now, you know? So I feel like if I ever go back to a shop and paying rent, that just defeats the purpose. I have my clientele. I'm not taking new clientele because I don't know people, random people call me up or they'll send me a message on Instagram and they want to get a haircut. And I tell them I'm not taking any clients, especially somebody that I don't know. You know, it has to be a referral. Right. Like if I give you a cut and you're like, hey, yo, I got my buddy, you know, he needs to get his haircut. And then I'm like, okay, cool. It's just because of you, I'll cut him up. But it can't just be random off the streets trying to get... You can't bring that energy to your house. 
Do you no. have everybody come to your house, or do you go to other people's house too? I prefer them to come. I have my own setup, just like how this is. I have my own setup. You can't do a podcast at somebody else's house. <laughs> <laughs> That'll make you sweat. That'll make you sweat. <laughs> exactly. So, like, is it literally in your garage? No, no, no. I have a small uh, private studio in my backyard. I have a, a ADU unit in my backyard that I turned and converted it into a shop. What's an ADU? An additional dwelling unit. So it's another house, a back house. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Oh, that's sweet. Did you build that or was it with, at the house when you bought it? I bought the house just like that and I converted it. It Did has you know two that? addresses. Stop. Is it like Promise. an A? Like an A? No, like, like, you know, like, like one, two, three, four, and then one, two, three, four, A? No, it has its own, you like know, a address. address. Yeah, it's a business address now. So. Oh, word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that makes it easy to separate Absolutely. the two. I can't sweat. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he got me sweating now. Like, man, I, I got it all wrong. Yeah, <laughs> sweating, man. Yeah. You know? All right, so I, I heard you at some point talk about pricing and how, like, how throughout your career you've been able to, like, I don't know, it raise your prices. Right. And you have an interesting philosophy about that. Can you walk us through it? Absolutely. And so, like, when you first started, like, where were you? And then, you know, right. where, where are you now? Well, I'm not going to start off when I was a child. I was doing it for chips and sodas. But well, we I already started there. <laughs> I just started there. I would say uh, when, I'm, when I moved to L.A. six years ago, I started at $50. And that was what the same price I was doing in Modesto, California, or Turlock, California, where I lived before I moved to LA. And um, so I was just, I didn't know anybody in LA. So I was a fresh bread, just trying to get clients. People were looking at me like, yo, my Instagram wasn't even popping. I didn't even have 10K followers. I was more of like a five, 3.5 thousand followers. And uh, when I moved to LA, uh, I was really looking for just clients. So I was walking up to people, you know, I was really hustling. That's what hustling means. I made business cards, I walked the strip, I looked at people with good hair or bad hair, and I was just passing out cards. Check me out, check me out, check me out. And um, maybe I passed out 100 cards, three people came to me out of 100 sure. cards. It never, you know, it's, yeah. you get a percentage, you know? So three yeah. people came to me, and I was very thankful for them, and uh, I worked on them, and uh, I told them every year, my price is gonna go up $50. Not because I'm thinking I'm the shit, just more the fact that I'm growing and this haircut is not going to look the same as I will cut you next year. I'm going to evolve. I'm always going to get better. I'm only going to improve. Oh, improve. you said $50. $50. So not 5%, not 10%, no. not 100%. 100% $50. You know, some of them were, because the haircut that I was giving them, they were complimenting me so much. They were giving me tips. They were paying me $100. But I, I only charged $50. They were giving me $100. Right. You know, and uh some of them were like, oh, man, this haircut is so nice and it lasts long and I don't use any enhancements. I don't use sprays. I don't use any gel, nothing. You come in as you are, I'm going to make you look better than what you came in looking like naturally. And that's what they loved about it because they always complain about the last barber or the barber before. And to me, it's I'm all hands-on and um, you catch a good vibe with me and the experience too, all that. It's all professional work work, and uh, it's it's... It's quality, quality than, than quantity. So all those three people were stuck with me every year that I went up fifty dollars, and they brought they they brought people with them next time they came in. Oh, oh, because they are your walking billboard. So they walking around, people are like, oh wow, that's a nice cut. Oh yeah, my barber Taylor. Oh yeah, you got his card. Boom, I'm getting people off just just those three people. You know, so I just became like that. And um, when I got to like two fifty a cut. Um, you lose, you lose clients. You're not going to keep all your clients. Right. Your clients are going to be like, hey, yo, it's too steep for me right now. You got somebody else you want to point out for me. I do have, you know, the freshman barbers. They, uh, I could, they're charging $100, $150. I'll send them that way. Oh, go over there. They'll take care of you, you right. know? And um, so it just leaves room for me to grow with the, the Puff Daddies, the uh, the Drakes, the Nas's. They're not going to hire me if I'm charging $100 or $50. They're not. Their bread is 500 and up. That's how they know they're getting that quality. I'm working my way to get to that stage. You know what I'm saying? So it became a, a homework that I was doing for myself. I wrote the plan down from like short-term, mid-term, long-term goals. My long-term goals are hit $500 a cut. And I'm not going to you. You're coming to me. 
So I'm at four four fifty right now with the beard. So next year it's going up another fifty dollars. So I'll be at five hundred. That's my. That's gonna be my match. Is that January first? January first. Actually, Dece- December twenty ninth. December twenty. <laughs> so what brought you to LA? Uh, money and acting. I couldn't. I couldn't for, for for the place that I was living in Turlock, California. Um, I couldn't. I capped out at fifty dollars. Because the range of money, it wasn't celebrities out there. It was just everybody was working at McDonald's or working at Wendy's. I couldn't go up. I, I've, I've cut everybody in there that I was stuck. Now, that's my, my problem for me to stay there. If I want to grow, I got to move, right? So L.A. was the next best place. And um, at that time, I was cutting Kaepernick. Colin Kaepernick was one of my biggest clients. I cut him for four years. And he always paid me $100 every cut before a game. And then 2015, I moved to L.A. And that's when he, you know, took the knee and then he got fired. And he called me for a haircut, but he didn't know that I moved to L.A. And uh, I told him, like, yo, because normally I'll drive to San Jose to go cut him. Right. Yeah, in Santa Clara. And then um, after that, it was more of like, uh, I'm in L.A. now, man. I can't cut you. He's like, what? I'll fly you out here. But I told him my price. It's like, yo, bro, it's going to be at least $1,500. And it's like, oh, man. Like, that's why he got the afro now. He never really trusted anybody to cut him up. So. Wow. Did not know that. Oh, Sweet. yeah. Hell yeah, it's a lot. So check out, check out, check out Colin Kaepernick. This old school pictures when he has those designs on his head. It was me doing uh, uh, all these cuts. I got a bunch of pictures and videos, but I don't post those. Right. That's just personal. Yeah, yeah. I keep it private. Yeah. So sometimes you got to keep those relationships private. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Till yeah. now, he just like sold them out on a podcast. Yeah, but there's no pictures. <laughs> <laughs> we have a picture. Oh yeah, you do. Sweat. That's not Kaepernick. <laughs> That's not Kaepernick. Uh, uh, dude, so so next year you're going up 50. You're gonna be, you're gonna hit your goal. I'm gonna hit my goal. Yeah. But your your dream is not stopping there. No, because um, I have more dreams to uh, accomplish, and uh, I don't want to be in the shop. I don't want to own my own shop. I want to build a school for kids 10 years till 17 before they become an adult. Keep them away from the streets, because I was kept away from the streets. The hustle made it more of a lifestyle. Now this is a lifestyle, I live this life. I don't have to go out and hustle to go get clients. People know who I am now, you know, and it's a humble, it's a, it's a very humble way to live. When, you know, people know your worth, they know what they're sitting, when they sit in the chair, they know what they're gonna get, they don't have to look in the mirror, they trust you, trust your judgment. It's a lifestyle now. So now I wanna teach kids that, I wish I was them because I wanted to be somebody to look up to. I didn't have right. that person to look up to. You know what I mean? So even the older guys that I was cutting with, they were looking not down to me, but up to me. You know, but it was the it, it just feels good, and I want to give them that opportunity to you know go to a school where you're learning from me with no enhancements. Now these days you see everybody with painted beards and painted hair. You know, so I want to give them something old school, original. So, so are you thinking like a barber school or, or barber more school? Than that? Barber school, yeah, but just for the youth, not for the older guys. You know, for the youth, kids. You know, keeping my way from the streets. You don't have to be a professional football player. You don't have to get bullied. You know, make your money. You're 10 years old. You could definitely make money now. You know, yeah, I want to give that to them. Well, if there's anything that we, uh, like, when you're ready to do that, if you want to promote it on our podcast, you have an open spot for this. I'm doing it right now, so y'all stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think the turnaround on that is? Um, well, you know, um, I have to refresh my goals because I give it a... Uh, five to ten year plan on that one you know it's not easy to own a school and I want to do something major in LA you know so it's it's a it's a work in process you know it's a work in process so yeah I'll, I'll let you guys know yeah, let, let us know yeah hey so um did you get any acting gigs when you were to LA I did I definitely got some acting gigs but I was very disappointed because uh, I do have an agent uh, she's an older Australian uh, lady. Um, she called me to her office for an interview. I went to her interview and um, sat down face to face, and uh, she gassed me up, talking about, "Oh my goodness, you're the perfect guy for this role. You got you 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 got the muscles, you got the tattoos, you got the look, the beard, the dreads." I'm like, "Man, are we going on a date? Like, what's going on? Like, she's really hitting on me. You know, I didn't know how to take it." 
And so she uh, got my information. She said, I have something for you tomorrow. I'm going to send this to you. Go down downtown L.A. and um, check this out. I said, okay, cool. She gave me the script. It's a 30-second script. And uh, I memorized it really easily. And I went to sleep. Next day, 8 o'clock, I'm at this spot right there in uh, downtown L.A. And uh, I walked upstairs, you know, signed my name, went up there another flight of stairs, and then opened the door, and there were 12 to, like, 15 people that looked just like me in the room, playing the same role. And I was very confused. I thought I was looking at myself in a Matrix mirror. And I'm like, yo, what am I? I see myself tall, chubby, fat, midget. I'm like, yo, I thought y'all was looking for me. I was mad. So I, I, I closed the door and left. They needed it more than I do. And I had clients. I was I had money already waiting for me. So I just gave up that that dream. I'm like, wow, this is crazy. I never thought it would be this hard. I mean, yeah. So right. any um, you don't have an IMDb page? I don't. I don't. So there's no film we can look up of uh, of you trying to get it done. I mean, uh, back in my college days, uh, in high school days, I was Romeo three times. Romeo and Juliet. You I've never what, seen you know a black why. Romeo. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Someone did an Othello, right? Who? Didn't? I thought like Samuel Jackson did Othello or Morgan Freeman or something. I don't know. I didn't see that one. I'm gonna have to Google that. But yeah, I played. I mean, I've been on. I've been on stage with thousands of people in San Francisco. On, you know, acting like a, a lover boy, and uh, it was fun. It was fun. So, uh, what'd you learn from Romeo? What I learned from what? Romeo. What I learned? Um, he's a sucker for love. How we all do? I heard I met some real hardcore people that don't even care about love, but <laughs> you know. That's because they haven't had any love. That's son. that's true. It, it all depends on where you grew up and how you got brought up in life. You know, I'm a sucker. I'm a sucker for love too. You know, but. Cause you're I'm, French. Oh, oui, oui, je suis. <laughs> that's, that's a love <laughs> Yo. You know, dude. If anybody out there is not following this guy, I mean, just to get to talk to you, get to know you, man. I mean, you're, you're, you're as cool as you are, you know, on Instagram, dude, in real life. Yeah, is you right know, we thank wanna, you. We want to thank you so much. Uh, you're just an awesome guy. And, and I'm not just saying that kissing your butt, but, I mean, you're a genuine dude. Thank you, man. I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. No doubt. Yeah. Hey, real quick, I have one more question before we kind of okay. dip off of here. So, like, when did you get on Instagram and, like, what did you... What did you learn, like, from your acting and stuff that, that you were able to build your brand off of? From acting? I mean, it's obvious that, that, that you're very professional in, in how you present yourself. Right. And I would assume that that's, that's come from what you've learned in acting. And I guess my question is, well, my question is, did you? And then I'm going to say, no, you're lying. What did you learn from it? Well, it has nothing really to do with acting. It's more of uh, my father. He was a, you know, he was in the military, and um, so he taught me how to dress. He taught me how to curate myself. He taught me how to, yes, um, how to organize everything. If you go to my house, I'm very organized. I have like a OCD type of thing. You know what I mean? Even when you look at my Instagram, I kind of keep everything organized. I have my haircut in one column. I have my videos in one column, and I have my selfies in one column. It's not just crazy fried rice type of. <laughs> no, nah, we have my sushi rolls <laughs> going down the, you know. So um, I, it's just something that I do, and it gives me homework for me to work on my next. Because uh, I post daily, so right now I have to post a haircut of uh, a haircut that I did. You just did one. I just did one. So I'm going to, I took a picture of that and I'm going to post that tomorrow when I wake up. You know, and after that, I'm going to post the video of that haircut the next day. And then after that, I'll do a selfie. With, with us. With you guys. Exactly. Word, and then I will it. post that. So every day is a homework that I, I keep myself grounded to do. It's not just wake up and post. Anything. So if somebody hacked you and like mixed it all up, would that make you sweat? Oh, that'd make him sweat. If somebody hacked me and mixed it all up, yeah, that's gonna make me sweat. <laughs> that's On gonna that, make me no, sweat. Hey, look, look, I'm, I'm thinking of like someone like put some like underwear in his sock drawer. That'd make him sweat too. Yo, yeah. Well, Dude. On that note, brother, 
Let's go get some sushi. Man, thank you. Down? You yes. You down? Let's go do that, Mr. Taylor Cuts, man. Oh, how can people find you? Oh yeah, you can definitely find me uh, at Taylor Cuts One on Instagram, or you can go to my website www.taylorcuts.com. Okay, so with the OCD, does the one bother you a little bit? Like, was there another Taylor Cuts out there? There was a female Taylor Cuts, and she was trying to sell me my own name. And no, said, she wasn't. Yeah, she hit, no. me up, she hit me up on Instagram. She said, hey, uh, you could have this if you want. How and much? She, didn't, she was like, I was selling to you, but I was just like, nah, I have, I'm already trademarked now. So with the one, it makes it like the only one. So I'll take that. Yeah. yeah. Were you, were, did, did that irritate you? Just a little bit. I wasn't sweating though. I was just. Are you sure? I, I wiped my forehead before I said anything. <laughs> Dude, did it really get you? You're like, mm -hmm. yeah. So wait, let me ask you this though: Is it a name that she had, or is it a name that she's like, "Oh, Taylor's gonna come after this"? Well, it, she had it before me, because when I when I created mine, it said somebody already has Taylor cuts. Right, but do you think that she took advantage of you, or do you think that, or was it was she curating her own Instagram and she just happened happened to have your name? Um, you feel me? I, I, when I first created Instagram, it wasn't something that I was thinking. I didn't think it was going to go this big. So I didn't care for it. I just put one, just be like, okay, well, nobody has this one, so I'm going to just take this. It's like creating a, your email with your name. You're like, yo, 100 people have my name. They're trying to give you something else. You just put a one in front of it, and you're good. You're good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I feel you. Brother, man, thank you so much. I appreciate you. You know, th th thanks for uh, Philip uh, vetting us and, uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Making you realize that we have been, uh, you know, we've been sweating you for two years. You just don't know it. Man, y'all yeah, been sweating. We've but been sweating. I, I've been dry the whole two years, you know. <laughs> it's hot out here in Texas, I'll it's tell you. It's hot, boy. They but, brought the heat. Man, I wish we was in L.A. They brought the heat. I wish we were in D.C. Hang on, play. That's where you guys are from? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Lord. You get Is any it, time on the East Coast? Don't it rain out there a lot? Not really. No? What D.C. is over? We got about? all four seasons. Washington, oh. D.C. Oh, Washington. Okay, okay. Yeah. We get all four seasons, but none of them are extreme. Gotcha. You'll get extreme days, like in the summer, like you'll get like 100, 100 and some change, but yeah. like two days of summer or something, unless right. there's something bad going on. Oh, that's good. I've yeah, never, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't really see all four seasons out in California, really. Nah, it's always... It barely rains. It'll rain twice a year in L.A., and then people freak out. They, freak they don't know out how to drive. Oh, no, they freak out. You see people running. Right. Fast as hell. Usain Bolt. <laughs> but you know what? Tell as dry as can be. Ain't no rain getting him wet. Hey, yeah, ain't no rain getting me wet. The water wet. just bounces off him. Man, you know. That just stops. Right. Yeah. You should see me in the shower. It's <laughs> <laughs> I gotta dip me in the tub. <laughs> water just separates. Yeah. But Moses. Moses. <laughs> Moses. I walk on Moses water. Moses in the tub. <laughs> That's awesome. Tell him, man, for real, man. Thank you for hanging out with us. Appreciate Thanks for making this man. happen. Thank, yeah. thank you, Mallory, for making this happen. Oh, yeah. Give it, hey, shouts out to uh, my business director, Mallory. She's the, she's the GOAT in this. She makes all of it happen. Without this, I'll probably be ignoring phone calls and emails. Oh, you ignored me for two years, bro. Yeah, see, thanks to Mallory yeah. for thanks not ignoring you. <laughs> She's getting sushi. She's getting sushi. She's getting sushi. I'm getting all you guys spray waters. <laughs> That's awesome. But, but once again, man, just thanks for hanging out with appreciate us. Appreciate y'all. Appreciate y'all. Thank you for joining us on your day off. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, share it with friends. Give us a rating and drop a review. To listen to all the latest podcasts, please subscribe from your favorite podcast outlet. And to stay connected on and off the show, you can follow us at Hairdistry on Instagram and all other social media platforms. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time. Peace and love.